Let's now hear God's word spoken in second, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10a. Hear now the word of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. This is God's holy and inspired word. It contains all that we need for faith and for life. The grass, the flower fades and the, the grace, you know what I'm saying. The grass withers, that's the word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our dear Lord abides forever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, the grass withers and the flower fades, but your word, O Lord, abides forever. And we thank you that that is true. It is imperishable wisdom from on high. Please come amongst us and bless all the people here in this congregation and congregations far and near with the preaching of your word. And we ask this in the Father's name and Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God the Spirit. Amen. What is true wisdom? What is real wisdom? In the Old Testament, there are many exhortations to pursue wisdom. In fact, when I looked up wisdom in preparation for this sermon, I found 201 occurrences in the pages of Scripture. These include, as you can imagine, the books of Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. But they also occur in places that you wouldn't imagine, such as Deuteronomy, 2 Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, and Nehemiah. And this command, pursue wisdom. This wisdom can only be found in and through God. But how can we be sure that God is really and truly wise? For the Christian who accepts God's authoritative word, the proof texts assure us that he is wise. We can turn to Romans 16:27 and see that he alone is the wise God. 
Or as the King James Version says in 1 Timothy 1.17 and Jude 25, says to the only wise God. These proof texts conclude that he is wise. And this, in fact, is an attribute of God. And Paul says in this passage today that God demonstrates his wisdom in the crucifixion of his son. Real wisdom is contained in embracing the cross of Christ for salvation. As chapter 1 verse 25 says, to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power and the wisdom of God. Similarly, in chapter 1 verse 30, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom of God. This is real wisdom. To embrace Jesus Christ crucified, which is free offered, freely offered to us in the gospel. Further, Paul compares and contrasts God's wisdom with the wisdom of the world. Paul says that this is real wisdom. It is not a wisdom of this age. Wisdom that is known by Socrates, Plato, or Aristotle, nor any others that pose as true wisdom. Furthermore, it is not a wisdom of the rulers of this age, like Pontius Pilate, or the Sanhedrin, or Caiaphas. As verse 8 says, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God's wisdom is not even understood in the entire world. Chapter 1, verse 21 says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. So if it is not a wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, nor even the entire world, How do we know that the cross is really according to the wisdom of God? That brings us to our doctrine of the text. Real wisdom wisdom of God is in, in embracing the cross of Christ for salvation. And this wisdom is only revealed through the Spirit. I'll repeat that. Real wisdom of God is in in embracing the cross of Christ for salvation. And this wisdom is only revealed through the Spirit. In the exposition, I would like to give you seven characteristics of this real wisdom and and apply this to Christ crucified. The first characteristic of divine wisdom is that it is divine. That seems almost uh, repetitive, but that is, but first and foremost, it is a divine wisdom. The age might not believe that this is real wisdom, nor the rulers, nor the entire world, but Christ crucified is wisdom from on high, is God's wisdom. Verse 6 says, Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. This 
mature is probably dividing between believer and unbeliever. Another translation of this is among them that are perfect. The perfect ones are the believing ones. This verse parallels to Matthew 5.48, which says, You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You only have perfection if you embrace the perfect one in faith, namely the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is therefore probably not referring to the believer as more or less mature, but rather this is making a distinction between believer and unbeliever. And what is the believer taught? What is real wisdom? Verse 7, we impart the secret wisdom of God. That emphatically states that this wisdom is of God. That this is a divine wisdom. For the believer, this would be enough. Paul speaks an authoritative message from God that God displays his wisdom in the cross. Any apostle that declares God to be wise, you ought to believe it. Belief in this crucified Messiah is according to the wisdom of God. It is a It is a divine wisdom. Secondly, God's wisdom is imperishable. Because this wisdom is divine, it is also imperishable. Because God never dies, and so his wisdom can never perish. This is said about the rulers in this context. In verse 6. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Yet the wisdom of God contrasts with the wisdom of the age or the rulers of this age. They are doomed to pass away, but the wisdom of God will never pass away. It is imperishable. And because it is imperishable, therefore you can Trust and rely on this wisdom that finds its completion in the crucified Messiah. Thirdly, Paul's preaching of the crucified Savior is contained in a mystery or secret and hidden. Verse 7 says, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Other translations say, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. It is hidden to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, the cross of Christ has been revealed. And we consider it the wisdom of God. Have you ever thought about the preaching of the gospel as a secret? Or a mystery of God that is being revealed? Of course, it is not to remain a secret. We are to declare it to everyone, both Jew and Gentile, which constitutes the whole human race. In a very similar context, Ephesians 3.9 says, And to bring to light for everyone is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things 
so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus. Although the mystery of the gospel has been revealed, there remains a veil upon them who will not believe. The preached word is the revelation of a mystery to those who are being saved, but remains a secret to those who are not. The fourth attribute of divine wisdom that reveals the crucified Savior is that it was decreed before all ages. Verse 7 continues, which God decreed before the ages. We need to think about this concept before the ages. So what does before the ages mean? It means, in essence, before time. Before time or before the creation. As Ephesians 1 says, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. As also Isaiah 46 verse 9 and 10 says, I am God and there is none like Me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times not yet done saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. The Lord has a sovereign purpose that is imperishable before the creation and eternity past to make known His mystery to you. Second, what does the word decreed mean? This decreed is also the same word that is translated predestined. Such as in Romans 8.29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. In eternity eternity past, God uttered his wisdom. Before the world began, God issued a decree or predestined, predestined us. Long before we were a twinkling in our mother's eye, that destined us to have the wisdom of our God declared to us, of our salvation in a crucified Savior. As Revelation 13.8 says, the Lamb of God who was slain from before the foundation of the world. He was not literally slain before time was, but He was slain in a sense before creation. In the Trinitarian Council, He voluntarily, voluntarily agreed to suffer in order to save sinners. Even though He had not come in the flesh, nor was He crucified, He confirms this uh, revelation, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. And this mystery has been revealed to you and I. 
Before we came to saving faith in the crucified Savior, it was, un- it was unknown to us, but it was non- not unknown to the King of the universe. Fifthly, the wisdom of God is revealed to us for our glory. As verse 7 continues, which God decreed before the angels, before the ages for our glory. Remember what I read in Romans 8:30. That those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. He says this as if it is as if it has already happened. It is in the past tense. As if to say, if he has predestined you, you can be sure that he will keep you until you arrive at glory. You may wonder if you have actually been predestined or decreed before the ages. A buddy of mine came to me in college and said that he didn't believe that he had been predestined. I said to him, and I say to you now, Don't get hung up about this. If you have truly believed and truly placed your faith in Christ Jesus and truly repented of your sin, God has become has begun a good work in you. Your only obligation is to believe now. Have faith now. Therefore, you can have confidence that you have been predestined if you believe in Christ for salvation right now. You can be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If he has began a good work in you, a truly good work, you can have confidence that you have been predestined. And he will carry you all the way to glory. Sixthly, the wisdom of God that he reveals, excuse me, sixthly, the wisdom of God that reveals the crucified Savior has been prepared for those who love the Lord. Verse 9 says, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the hearts of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. To understand this, we first need to speak of three subheadings. First, it is written. What does uh, Paul mean by it is written? This quotation contains a synopsis, a synopsis, of Isaiah 53:15 and 64:4. Paul considers this relevant for the meaning of this text, and the Old Testament is Paul's chief authority. When he quotes an Old Testament passage as he does here, it means that it is relevant for the context of this passage. And if the scripture is the chief authority for Paul, 
it should be for you as well. Sometimes people denigrate the Old Testament. They say that that was the Old Testament. We're, uh, we're members of the New Covenant, the New Testament. So we're members of a New Testament epic. And so they, they just degrade um, uh, the Old Testament. But notice that Paul does not indicate this at all. If we are Christians, you had better believe in the whole counsel of God. Not just the New Testament, which consists of the Old Testament as well as the New. Anything that is contained in the New Testament, particularly about God, is also true in the Old Testament. This is a bit of an aside, but I think it is relevant aside. Furthermore, we need to take a little time to understand prepared The long and the short of it is that no one has eyes to see and ears to hear unless God has prepared it for them. Made you ready and equipped you to hear and believe this message of the crucified Savior. This points to regeneration. God enables us to believe in the crucified Messiah only if God has prepared us Only if he grants us the new birth and a new heart so that we can embrace Christ crucified. Our hearts cannot even imagine these things unless we have been regenerated. Our hearts cannot see unless we have a regenerate heart, which is only given to us by grace. This is an act of free grace. We do not deserve it. We do not merit it in any way imaginable if we have regenerate eyes and ears to see and hear we have been prepared. Finally, we need to consider these words. For those whom love Him. If you are dead in your trespasses and sins, which Paul, the same apostle, wrote in Ephesians 2.1, You cannot believe and you cannot love him until God does this work of grace in your heart. You cannot love him. Love always presupposes first the love of God. It supposes as 1 John 4.10 says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. God's love is demonstrated by the sending of His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. And then that love is reciprocated by us. By us loving Him. We love Him because He first loved us and gave us the crucified Savior. The seventh and final characteristic that God shows his wisdom in and about the cross of Christ is only revealed to us by the Spirit. Verse 10 says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. What does it mean for God to reveal it to us? If God has revealed it to us, 
then we are passive in this revelation. The subjects of revelation are always passive. They don't know this content unless God reveals it to them or discloses it to them. We don't have any right to receive a revelation from God. This again points to the grace of God. We do not in any way deserve a revelation from God. However, if we have received it, we should be exceedingly grateful that God in His wisdom revealed it to us. This is supported in the passage by verse 8. None of the rulers of this, this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If God would have made it known to the rulers of this age, they would have understood understood these things. And they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they did. They did crucify Him. And you and I would have too. Unless God had revealed to us, and He only reveals it to us, By his Holy Spirit. Verse 10 says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. The the revelation of God comes only through the Spirit. The crucified Messiah we would only consider folly unless God had revealed it to us, and he only reveals it to us through the Spirit. If God has prepared us and we have received regeneration or the new birth, the circumcision of our old hearts and given us eyes to see and ears to hear, God has to reveal to us the wisdom of the cross of Christ through his Holy Spirit. As the Westminster Shorter Catechism says, effectual calling is the work of God's Spirit whereby convincing us of our sin and misery, enlightening us, enlightening our minds in the knowledge of Christ, He doth persuade and enable us to embrace Jesus Christ freely offered in the Gospel. And this is done according to the wisdom of Almighty God, that He should reveal it to us through His Holy Spirit. This brings us to our applications. I would like to make three applications for us today. You should already be prepared that if God has brought you to faith in the saving work of Christ crucified, you have been saved by the absolute sovereignty of God. By the absolute sovereignty of God. In the sovereignty of God, The rule of God, he has declared in his wisdom that you and I will become saved by by the belief in Christ crucified. He has not granted this to everyone, but he has granted it to some in accordance with his divine wisdom. That is imperishable and that is revealed to you in a mystery decreed before all the ages for our glory and is only prepared for those who love God. And it is revealed only through the Spirit. This is not in in accordance with the wisdom of the world, 
but it is according to the wisdom of God. The second application is that your application, excuse me, the second application is that your salvation was according to the wisdom of the triune God. Like I said last week, the, the power of the triune God is responsible for your accomplishment of, sal- of your salvation. Now I would say the same thing about the wisdom of God. Chapter 2, verse 7. We impart a secret wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Chapter 1, verse 24 says, Christ, the power and the wisdom of God. And verse 30, and because of, and because of him, God, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God. And chapter 2, verse 6, yet among the mature we do impart wisdom. In verse 10, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. In the first verse, we have the wisdom of God the Father revealed to us. In the second verse, we have Christ is we have Christ who is said to be the wisdom of God. And in the third verse, we have the wisdom of God only mediated through his Holy Spirit. The Father is the wisdom of God. The Son is the wisdom of God. And the Spirit is the wisdom of God. The triune persons, the most important persons in the galaxy, care for your salvation. And this is according to the wisdom of God. Although not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, nor of the entire world, But this is according to the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that cares for your salvation. It has been decreed before the ages for our glory that you may be saved. It is the work of sovereign mercy. Therefore, we have nothing left to do but thank the triune Lord And praise His most holy name. If we have been saved in the crucified Messiah, our triune God has done everything necessary for our salvation. There is nothing left to do but thank Him and praise the triune God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are truly wise, imperishably wise, decreed before the ages, for us who love him, for us who love you, and we understood in this passage that we don't love you without you first loving us. But thank you, Lord, that you have revealed this through the wisdom of the Spirit. Revealed it in a mystery that is to be declared. 
We thank you that you have revealed this wisdom of God to us by the crucifixion. Christ crucified. The wisdom and the power of God. We thank you for revealing this mystery to us. And so we can only thank you and only glory in you and only praise you who has made this salvation known to us. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.